Want to create memories with your family? Do you have a desire to bring your family closer together? Are vacations lacking that special something you want your family to have? Tropic of Candy Corn is your resource for smarter, sweeter family travel. Learn from other families, be inspired, and encourage others with your weekend getaway and vacation ideas. Tropic of Candy Corn. This isn't a travel sales site. It's something new and different. A community to help bring your family closer through travel. Join us today at www.tropicofcandycorn.com. It's free and it's fun. Thank you for tuning into Mormon Discussion Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Real. I enjoy this podcast very much. I enjoy providing for you an opportunity to talk deeply about gospel issues, examining deeper the history of the church, and helping you and me through our faith transition in this faith journey. But please, feel free to give me feedback as well. Please email me today at realmormon at gmail.com. R-E-E-L-M-O-R-M-O-N at gmail.com. Share your thoughts, suggestions, questions you have, anything we can do to make the podcast better. Because in the end of the day, this podcast is both about you and me. God bless you. And now on to what you've been waiting to hear. Mark, welcome to Mormon Discussion. How are you today? I'm good. How are you, Bill? Good, good. Glad to have you on. Uh, for my listeners, just to give you a little bit of background, we are sitting down with a young man. Uh, we will call him Mark today. Uh, he is getting ready to go out on his mission, and uh, he also is a gay Mormon. And we want to talk about his story and share with uh, with you, the listener, uh, kind of his faith journey and, and what this has all meant to him and, and this idea that he is uh, going on a mission and even with uh, obviously recognizing this and understanding it for what it is and, and still being committed to the church and, and wanting to go on a mission to serve the Lord. And, and so let's just start off, Mark, if you don't mind, uh, just sharing us a little bit maybe about uh, uh, your childhood to kind of get us started and then we'll go from there. All right. Um, well, first, thanks for having me on, Bill. Awesome. Yeah. You know, growing up, honestly, you know, my story isn't that much different than any other Mormon kid, you know, born and raised in Utah, traditional conservative family. Um, yeah, you know, I think, I think sometimes we put these, these stereotypes on, on gay kids and, and we come up with these, you know, how do we know that they're gay? And I think, you know, growing up, I never had any of those tendencies. Um, you know, I, I mean, I guess the only thing, you know, I never did sports growing up. I never did stuff like that. But overall, I was just a normal, you know, Mormon kid. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, my, my parents tried really hard to get me, you know, into things, you know, that all, you know, other, other, you know, all the other kids were doing, you know, I did soccer, I did baseball. Um, but I just, never never latched on to any of those but at the same time i was also never never into any of the typical things that you would associate a gay kid would be into like drama or you know choir and you know while i don't i don't agree with with stereotyping kids this way i think a lot of times we do that but i honestly i just i never really fit in with either of those yeah, and I and I appreciate you saying that. Um, let let me ask you something. So a lot of times when I have conversations with with guests that I'll have on the podcast, and we're talking about their growing up 
and often it's in the context of someone having a faith crisis, and obviously this is a, a different kind of situation, but a lot of times I'll ask those guests what kind of parents they had and what kind of church structure they had, and a lot of times with with faith crises, people will grow up kind of in a really rigid household. And just for kicks, I just want to kind of get a feel for maybe your upbringing. Uh, what kind of church structure did you have or what kind of, you know, what kind of structure did your parents give you as far as raising you? So growing up, my parents were both very, um, you know, I wouldn't say, I mean, I wouldn't say that my parents were one of those parents that we, we were at church every single week and we did everything perfect but at the same time my parents made it very important you know it was very important in my family that we were active in the church and you know we were never you know my parents never had high callings or anything that would require a lot of attention in the church but but you know their attitude towards the church was you know we went every week and we did what we had to do as as members and you know that's kind of how we that's kind of the mentality I grew up with um you know just just kind of you know go to church every week and I went to mutual you know as a teenager you know involved in primary and, and everything normal growing up I guess right so you had you had good parents they were committed Latter-day Saints uh you grew up with kind of in a, in a nice what you would call a typical Mormon household Awesome. Awesome. So I want to begin to kind of work our way here kind of as we talk about your teenage years and and maybe perhaps start off with this with the question that I think every, you know, as a as a straight Latter-day Saint talking to a gay Latter-day Saint, I I always want to ask this question because I think it's one that that it just it's in, one of these intriguing things that we ask people when we find someone different from us is when did you notice this difference? When did you know or begin to recognize that you were gay? So, uh, I think, I don't know, the first time that I, that it popped in my head that I was different from everyone else, that I had different, you know, I was attracted, you know, to, uh, to guys, not girls, you know, that I was attracted to something different than all my friends was probably, you know, I probably just when I started to hit puberty, 11, 12, you know, I had specific instances of remembering you know, going hot, hot tubbing with my friends late at night. And then, you know, it would always get brought up who, you know, who do you like and what, you know, and listening to them talking, listening to my friends talking about, you know, who they liked and what they liked about them. And I just, I could never, that was when I realized I'm not attracted, you know, I don't have these same feelings as them. Um, but I pushed it off and I found, I tried to find other reasons, you know, why I thought, you know, why I felt differently than everyone else. Why, you know, I never would tell myself that I'm gay because that, you know, that, that couldn't, that's not possible. That, that can't be me, I guess. But, um, but yeah, just, you know, probably 11, 12 is when I realized that, you know, I had different feelings than, than all the other guys that I, that I hung out with. Right. It, and I, I often, because of the podcast and because of my having done interviews with uh, with Mitch Main and Wendy Montgomery and Kevin Klusterman on on the the LGBT or gay issue and, and talking about Latter-day Saints who who are gay it it becomes always this awareness that I have that when 
a young person first realizes this in realizing kind of culturally, especially within the church, kind of the expectations we put on, uh, on, on the young men within the church as far as what their future holds for them. And I know having talked to, to Kevin personally and, and again talked to Mitch and Wendy, that there's always this worry on their part that when when a young man or young woman discovers or realizes for the first time that they're that they're gay, there's this worry of all this this negative connotation of of essentially what your parents had planned out for you or what your what your expectations of what your life would look like now that it's going to be completely different than that. That there's some concern that that people will kind of fall from that in a negative way. And I just I want to get a feel for you or from you. When you begin to realize this, I mean, did you just deal with it pretty matter-of-factly or was it was it a tough thing to to kind of accept yourself within yourself? Honestly, Bill, I, I couldn't accept it myself until I was – until just honestly when I was 18. Um, I started to, you know, as I got older and as these feelings became stronger – it was harder for me to deny it, to, you know, try to come up with a reason as to why I have these feelings, you know, other than being gay. But by probably 17 or 18, I, I finally just had to come to accept it. But at the same time, I had no plan on coming out. I had no, I had kind of just told myself that this was going to be a little secret that I was going to keep at the back burner for maybe my entire life. You know, that I was just going to go through the motions and live a, a normal Mormon life. I don't know, get married to a woman. I don't know. Maybe just live, you know, just never date and just never act interested in any anybody, I guess. But yeah, growing up just as a, as a teenager, I, I couldn't, I didn't, I, I couldn't accept this part of me just because of the you know the way I you know how was my how my family would react and how my how the community would react my friends this was something that you know I could never let out and, and we'll get to we'll get to in a moment how people reacted when when you did finally open up and talk about it but I I can only imagine how scary it is to make assumptions in your mind and think Think worst case scenarios of how, how mom will react, how dad will react, how siblings will react. That, that has to be, that has to be a really tough thing to kind of have way on you. Right. And I, I mean, I pushed back so far, especially maybe, you know, as 13, 14, 15 years old, you know, I was in, I kind of had that same mentality as my parents. You know, I was, I didn't support equal rights, you know, gay, marriage or anything like that you know i mean if you i could probably go back far enough in my uh you know the yahoo comments uh underneath those articles i was commenting on them in support for traditional marriage just because that was how you know how far i tried to push this back and how much effort i put into being something other than what i was so so Mark, I want to maybe kind of move on to kind of you've mentioned kind of really coming to grips with this as a 17, 18 year old, but I want to just make sure that, you know, was there any other things as far as dealing with this kind of as a teenager that uh, that you think is important to the story? Um yeah, you know, 
there is there is one there was one time I was I think I was 14 or 15 and my parents sat me down and there was just an incident that had that had come up where they did question if I was gay and and they asked me you know they asked me they just bluntly said it you know are you gay and I, and I pushed back so hard and you know I, no of course I'm not gay and in my head I didn't it wasn't even like I was lying cuz in my head I had I had thought it out that I'm not gay and so when they said it that you know that was so difficult to hear you know cuz I thought I had I had pushed this back far enough that it would never come up so when they when they asked me you know I just pushed back even farther and I remember specifically that that night um I I remember praying to make it go away. You know, why why am I why do I have to deal with this in my life? Why can't God make me this way? Why can't God just take this away? And I remember praying for it all to just go away. And it just it it never did. So so yeah, I mean that you know, and after that that I think that was just so traumatizing as a fourteen year old kid. You know, I just, I never wanted to get back, go back to that day. You know, I wanted to just forget about it. Even if I had it inside of me, I was never going to let this part of my life out. Yeah, I, I can only, I can only imagine, I mean, having, essentially growing up in a culture that, that really is not super accepting of, of this. And not that, not that parents are bad or anything, but obviously parents kind of, play you know that culture is also a basis for how they interact with the world and and so you have all these expectations kind of on you and to realize that you you are this exact thing that that your culture kind of pushes away um yeah i can only imagine the stress and the weight that you had to carry i i realize you know you talked about kind of coming to grips with this as a 17 or 18 year old I just want to just kind of see how did you how did you come to accept that and and how did you make that leap from from pushing it way down and making a determination that you were just going to live the rest of your life in a sense unauthentically simply to appease the world around you to a place where you finally say this is who I am I'm going to accept it. You know there was I think there were a lot of motions that were kind of put into place around turning 18 um you know, I noticed a shift in in opinions in my family within different persons of my in my family. Um, you know, that was another thing was growing up hearing them talk about it and how they were so traditional about about their opinions. It was really hard to hear that, and that just made it so hard to come to accept it. But as I got older, I think you know they're opinions on the on the subject started to shift a little bit on top of that you know i was doing my own personal studying and honestly listening to different podcasts i mean listening i think listening to even your podcast and um when you had wendy montgomery come on listening to her story that was i was that was in october or november when i listened to that but listening to that I remember driving home from, um, driving up to school. I was going to school last, uh, couple months ago and I was driving up to school listening to podcasts and I, it just hit me 
after listening to Winnie Montgomery's story that, you know, I have to tell them. I, I can't keep this a secret. You know, I owe it to myself and I owe it to them. They have to know this. And so I kind of that, you know, that's when it kind of started to hit me that, you know, this was something that had to come out. So, yeah. Mark, realizing that you personally have come to kind of accept who you are and and decide at this point that you're going to just be who you are, be genuine, be authentic, be yourself. Obviously, the next step is to to find somebody to confide that in and to share that with those you love the most. And I just want to get maybe the story from you on on coming out and and telling those that uh, that you love and who love you. Um, yeah. So you know, after I came to the decision that you know. I have to tell somebody and I have to do it before my mission. Um, the first thing I did, uh, I, I think I emailed you, um, and got con, got in contact with, uh, with Wendy Montgomery and then a couple of other, uh, gay Mormons, you know, that she recommended me, me talk to. So I talked to them and that, you know, that really helped a lot. Uh, and then the next person I told was one of my friends. She, She's back east at school, and so I, I was on the phone with her, and then I, I finally, you know, told her. And the reason I told her was mostly just because she's probably the most uh, liberal, accepting of my friends, I guess. So I knew it wouldn't be a problem to tell her. You know, I was kind of looking for that reaction, for that reaction of acceptance. I, I didn't want it to be difficult. So the first person I told was her, knowing that she would, she would, you know, accept me for who I am. Um, but then, you know, coming to terms with telling my close family was definitely a lot, a lot more difficult. Um, it was actually completely unintentional that they found out. Uh, I was talking to Wendy Montgomery and she was sharing with me some information and I shared that with my uncle, um, just cause he's, he's interested in that kind of stuff. So I shared it with him. He called me the next day asking me, you know, why, why was I looking into it, into this kind of stuff? Why was I talking to Wendy Montgomery? And, you know, why would, you know, and then it kind of got brought up. Well, you know, are, are you, is this something you're struggling with? Uh, and then, so we just kind of, you know, I was up at college and so he, you know, I was coming home for the weekend. So we just kind of left it there, you know, and then I came home the next week and we spent, you know, a good several hours, you know, late into the night talking about it. And I, I opened up to him and then we kind of came to this agreement that I was going to tell my, my parents the next day. Um, but we told a couple uh, of my cousins first, they, they came home, they were on a date. So, you know, they came home around two in the morning and we, we told them and that, was really hard conversation to have. Honestly, I, I couldn't even say it. I'm not even the one who, who told them it was my uncle that, uh, let it out. Cause, you know, I was just kind of, yeah, you, know, you know, I just couldn't, I couldn't say it out loud, but, um, I wanted them to know. And so my uncle kind of, kind of, you know, let it out. And then the next morning, you know, my uncle shows up at my house. My parents were there and, they, you know, I was starting to have regrets a little bit. Like I was, start, I didn't really want to fall through with it, but he kind of, you know, 
you know, if there wasn't going to be a better time to do it, you know, we weren't, and especially, you know, I was leaving on my mission in just uh, two months. So, you know, a better opportunity wasn't going to come up. So we just kind of went, went through with it. And I told my parents, well, I didn't tell them. My, my uncle also had to tell them because I couldn't, again, same thing with my cousins. I couldn't open up. I couldn't say it out loud. So my uncle is the one who, who let it out. And it was kind of just, I don't know. My, they didn't say anything the whole, during the entire conversation. Uh, and then my dad walked out of the room, didn't say anything. But then after everybody left me, my mom talked for a good hour or so, which was good. And we kind of talked, um, we talked it out. I mean, it was still hard. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't willing to open up completely. And I feel kind of bad. Like, I feel kind of like I kind of dropped this really heavy, you know, ball on them. But, but then I wasn't willing to go much further. I, you know, I didn't, I wasn't emotionally capable of, of doing that. And so when my mom, when, when me and my mom were talking, we kind of talked for, I mean, she did most of the talking, but at the same time, I mean, it was positive and it was negative because she said stuff, you know, like, you know, we're, we're going to love you no matter what. We're going to, you know, we are, we're always going to accept you into our family, which is really good to hear because, you know, honestly, I had no idea what to expect. You know, I knew that my parents were very conservative and traditional. And so I didn't, I didn't know if they were going to cut me off, if they were going to not pay for college, help pay for college or my mission, if they were just going to cut me off financially. I didn't know what was going to happen. So it was really good to hear that from my mom that they were, you know, my my parents were going to, you know, accept me into the family no, no matter what. But at the same time, you know, she has never, she hasn't, she hadn't looked up much into the subject. She, you know, she didn't know how to react. And, you know, she, same with my dad. So, I mean, there were obviously, there were things that she said that would hurt, would hurt someone going through this, you know, just, and at the same time, I, I don't want to let her down because, you know, she said stuff like she knows that there's still a woman out there for me and stuff like that. And I think she still holds on to that. And it's hard to hear because I just don't want to let her down. I don't want to tell her that that's not possible, that, you know, I can never do that because, you know, I, I don't want to upset her or let her down with that. But I don't know. So just stuff like that. Um, you know, I, she just had no understanding. She had no idea. She just kept saying stuff like, you know, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think God makes people gay. I, I don't think God makes people gay, but I, you know, I don't think you chose this, but at the same time, I don't think it's meant to be. I don't think this is something that, that God intends for you to be. And I, you know, that's just one of those things that I just, I don't know how, how to react to that. Um, but so, you know, we, we kind of walked away from that conversation. You know, I, I, I mean, my dad, during this conversation, my dad had taken all my siblings to church. So, so he wasn't there. It was just me and my mom at the house. And then immediately after that conversation, I just wanted to leave. You know, I just had to, I just wanted to get out of there and go back up to school. So I went back, you know, 
and I'll, although I feel like my the reaction wasn't that negative because I feel like me and my mom had a really good conversation after, and you know she left with more understanding. And but at the same time, I couldn't help but get, you know, when I went back up to school, I just I think I that was probably the first time in in my life that I had really felt depressed. Um, I mean, growing up, I, you know, I've always been a generally happy person. Uh, I mean, I feel like my emotions are a little surfacey, but, but I just, I never had, you know, many issues growing up so long as I, as I kept this on the back burner and so long as I kept this pushed back and just didn't think about it, you know, I, I had a happy, you know, good childhood and, and so I never, you know, I don't like to, you know, I don't want to say like I, I had no reason to be depressed because, but I almost can't, I almost don't, couldn't justify being depressed, you know, or feeling depressed, you know, when my life was so good. You know, I had a lot of opportunities as a kid and, you know, my family was more than, than well off. So, so kind of after this, after coming out to my parents, it was just kind of like a total, I mean, I just kind of hit rock bottom there and it was emotions that I never really felt before. And I, and, you know, it was hard to deal with that, um, with, you know, being, and going up, going back up to school, uh, you know, I was all alone up there in my, in my college dorm and just kind of thinking it all through and thinking, you know, was this, you know, regretting, just regretting doing this because, you know, Although it wasn't a really negative experience at the same time, it wasn't really positive. I didn't get the relief I was hoping for. You know, it kind of just caused more stress in my life, I guess. So, yeah. I, uh, I want to ask a couple of questions here. So one of them is dad walks out of the room. What's, what's dad's reaction when you do finally talk to your father? At this point, I haven't talked to my dad about it. Um, he's still, you know, so long as it doesn't get brought up, so long as we don't talk about it, the issue isn't there. You know, we kind of have the same relationship as we've always had. And um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I still haven't talked to him about it. And, and I feel, you know, I just don't feel like that's the kind of relationship we have. It's just, it's not that, it's not that deep, I guess. And, you know, he's not that, you know, he doesn't like to go deep. But at the same time, I I don't like opening up to people. You know, I don't like being emotionally connected. You know, I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's hard for me. You know, my personality type, I guess, maybe just, it just doesn't allow me to, to have that connection with people. I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, I still haven't talked to them. We haven't, we haven't discussed it together. Um realizing that to to have these discussions with mom and and with dad and and to try and essentially come out to your family and talk to those you care about most you you mentioned that your uncle essentially sat with you both to your cousins as well as to uh to your mom i and your and your dad of course as well but i i want to ask you i mean a lot of people probably end up doing this on their own and i can only again imagine the the angst that comes with that, it had to have been quite a relief to have someone who you'd already talked to about this, who accepted you for who you were to sit by you and kind of help you, 
help you kind of, re- you know, reveal this to the rest of your family? Yeah. Um, I mean, to this day, I, I guess I still haven't said it to anybody. I mean, technically, I, I haven't really come out to anyone. I mean, other than you and, you know, people I talk to through email that I don't know, that I don't see face to face, but people that I personally know, I mean, my uncle, you know, just kind of figured it out on his own and kind of, you know, got me to admit it, kind of just got it out of me. And then from there, he's kind of just been the one to say it because, you know, I think and that, I think without that, I don't know if I would have been able to tell anybody on my own. I don't, I don't think I'm emotionally mature enough, you know, to do to do that right now, which is why, you know, I I mean, I have a lot of respect, for, you know, kids who've gone through this at 13 and 14, you know, 12, you know, at such a young age. I mean, it just amazes me that that. Kids are that capable of that kind of discussion with with their families because you know I wasn't even as an 18 year old I wasn't there yet you know it, it still required a third person to come in and kind of lay it out for for my for my family. It it, it, uh, it, it had, had to be comforting, comforting though to know, to know that, that there was somebody whose family who loves you, loves you and cares about you who from the moment they were aware was completely accepting of you. Of you. Yeah, that, you know, that was a huge relief to kind of have that. And, you know, since I kind of struggle with really personally connecting with people, you know, emotional connections, you know, when I talk to my uncle about about the subject, it, he kind of, we take all the emotion out of it. We just kind of discuss it as it is. And so, you know, that really helps. And there's a lot of contention right now with my family just because they feel like I'm open with I'm more open with my uncle than I am with them that I I'm kind of leaving them in the dark and it's it's true to an extent because you know when I when I talk to my mom about it it's just very emotional and you know that just makes me really uncomfortable and then when I talk to my uncle you know he it's not emotional he, he doesn't look at it with that kind of a perspective. I mean, it's just kind of, you know, we just kind of discuss it, you know, as it is, and we kind of go through it that way. And so that's kind of hard for my parents to, to realize, I guess. Yeah, and I, and I can understand that. But from your point of view, from that moment forward, when your uncle accepted you and was willing to stand by you, now throughout the rest of this journey, as you kind of deal with, with, people in your family accepting or, or unaccepting of, of this issue, you've always got this person you can go back to who who you know just right off the bat you've got this person in your corner. Yeah, and I feel, you know, I feel like that's such an important aspect to have with the situation. You know, I don't know how I would have been able to do it just, just on my own, you know, knowing that I would have gone into this without any kind of support. You know, that's why I think it is so important for kids going through this to have someone that they can go to that they know, you know, will accept it and, you know, will, you know, look at the situation without judgment. And, you know, I think that is just such an important piece of the puzzle when, when especially, you know, a young, you know, LGBT youth is, is going through this, you know, especially, you know, for a kid. 12 or 13 trying to 
do this, you know, I think it's so important to just have at least one person in their life that they can go to, you know, for support. Right, right. Somebody to to validate you and not try to fix you. Yeah. I so you, you come out to your parents, you're you're entering young adulthood, you're considering going on a mission. So where do we go from here? How do you I mean, do you end up talking to church leaders about this and and if you do, what's your experience with that? Um well I haven't I mean at this point I haven't told anybody outside of my immediate family and then a, a close friend. I and it's not that I'm trying to, you know, keep this hidden from everybody. It's just right now my focus is, you know, I'm trying to focus on a mission and I, I feel like telling people and telling church leaders is going to affect that. You know, I feel like, you know, I'm, I have some pretty conservative church leaders. Uh, you know, I remember specifically just a couple months ago when I was getting my my mission interview, you know, I was talking to a, to a church leader and he kind of was going through the, the rounds of questions that they, they ask you. And that, that, uh, question number seven that, that's been talked about a lot, um, you know, in some of the podcasts I've been listening to, uh, came up, that question came up and he said, you know, so do you support or, or affiliate with any group that goes against, you know, the, the teachings of the church? And I said, no. And he said, well, you know, can you give me an example? And I said, uh, I mean, you know, I don't know any, you know, maybe if I was, if I was talking to some anti-Mormon group that, you know, that I was somehow supporting. And he said, well, yeah, but you know, it doesn't have to go that, that far. Well, you know, one issue that the church is dealing with right now is, is the gay rights issue. You know, a lot of people are, want to want to change that and you know while we while we love our gay brothers and sisters we cannot we cannot support their cause we cannot support their movement and what they're trying to do and i mean this was before i came out and was you know open with my family about it so i wasn't really looking to cause contention with him and i wasn't looking to you know, I know that, you know, nothing I say is going to change his mind. So I kind of just, yeah, okay, all right, you know, whatever, just, let's just get through this. And so, and I kind of regret that. I, I wish I had spoken up, you know, and said, you know, I don't think that that question justifies telling members, you know, you can't be a faithful member and support issues like this. And so, you know, that was just one, one run and I, I had with a church leader. So you, you talk to a church leader, you, you've got maybe going through your mind this, this whole plan to, to go on a mission. Tell us a little bit about, about deciding to go on a mission. I mean, it would, some members who have a family member who's gay or perhaps a member who's gay themselves would see this giant conflict between serving the church on a mission when the church in some ways isn't accepting of, of one being gay. And yet you've got this desire to serve the Lord and to serve your church and you, you make this decision to, to go on a mission. What all goes into that? And, and how do you, how do you kind of weigh all this that's going on and, and kind of the spectrum of thoughts that one could have? Yeah. So, um, you know, honestly, I mean, just, I remember specifically last, 
I mean, la- just last Christmas, um, we're recording this in, in January. So just over a year ago, you know, my parents got me, all I got for Christmas was, you know, a bunch of missionary stuff and, and different missionary preparation tools and books and stuff. And I was really upset because at that time I wasn't really planning on going on a mission. So my, my thoughts and feelings on the matter have, have definitely changed more recently, you know, probably, you know, just within the last year. Um, but the main thing was the reason why I didn't want to go, it wasn't even about being gay. It wasn't this issue that was, that I was struggling with. It was just, you know, there was just a lot of different things that my personality, I felt like I would have, have conflict with that. Um, like, you know, I have a hard time. I'm not very, I, I, I just, I don't really, not that I don't respect authority, but I just, I don't know, I don't take people as seriously as, as I should sometimes. Like, I, you know, I kind of do my own thing and the, the whole idea of having this schedule every single day, the same, doing the same thing every day, it, it just, it was not, that was not something that interested me. And I felt like there was just going to be a lot of rules and a lot of authority over me. And that was something that I felt like I was just going to have a hard time dealing with. You know, I'm just, I'm kind of more independent and I do my own thing. And, you know, I have a lot of faults. I think, I, I think I, I'm a little too prideful. I think, you know, I, I'm, I always think I'm, I'm right in the, in the conversation. But, um, so yeah, I mean, that was my biggest issue, you know, but, um, so I was really just focused on the negatives and I, and then the other thing was, you know, as much as I love church, you know, and as much as I love going to church three hours a week, you know, I kind of had this idea that, you know, it was going to be like, you know, I'm going to be at church 24 seven every day of the week for two years. And, and that wasn't, that was also something that, that didn't interest me at all. You know, I just, you know, why can't I just do, you know, go to church three hours a week and get my spiritual satisfaction that way, you know. But, I don't know, I I kind of matured a little bit and, you know, started to see the positives of going. And I, I feel like a mission will really help. You know, it'll help me. I think I can help other people. I think, personally, I can grow a lot, you know, I, I don't think my, my testimony is as strong as it can be, obviously, you know, just as a 19-year-old kid, but I feel like, you know, a mission will really help me in that, in that area, and not just spiritually, but also mentally, and, you know, I think there's a lot of positives for going. So as I, I kind of started contemplating all the, all the aspects of going on a mission, just the, the positives started to outweigh the negatives, I guess, and, I've also spent more time just learning how to deal with different personalities. And I think I'm at a point where, you know, I can, you know, I can deal with other people and, you know, other people's opinions don't really affect me that much, I guess. But, um, so yeah, just as I started to see more of the positives of a mission, I, it became kind of more clear that it was a path that I want to take. And, Honestly, this, going through this with my family and, and uncles and grandparents and, you know, going through this with all of them, it, it's almost, the idea of a mission is almost relieving to me. Um, just kind of 
I don't want to sound like I'm I'm running away from the issue, but at the same time, I mean, just leaving for two years and kind of a fresh start and associating with people who who don't know me, and you know, it's it's kind of relieving to know that I'll have that for two years, that I'll you know be able to just kind of. I mean, I guess in a sense, you know, I I am kind of getting away from it. I'm, you know, I'm I'm. The mission is going to let me focus on other things that that I think I need to focus on in my life right now that I don't feel like I can here at home just because of the stress and controversy within my family on it. You know, it's it's kind of hard to take in right now, and so I think a mission will really help help with that. Awesome, awesome. I uh, let me ask you this: you, of course, you said we're recording this here. It's it's January seventh, and you talk about you know how long ago was it that you sat down with mom and dad and had the conversation with them about being gay? Uh, that was two months ago, so it was uh, November of 2014. Um, so yeah, just you know a little less than two months ago, I guess. Yeah, and. And you said, you know, you and dad have not really talked about it since. Dad, you know, kind of just for whatever, you know, the weight of all of that kind of hitting him walked out of the room and, and you haven't had the conversation really from that point forward. But how how has mom handled it? How has mom reacted in these last two months? She's good. She's she's handling it, I think, better than I expected. Um, she, we, she, she, after we talked the first night, the first day that I told them, um, she kind of she tried to bring it up again the next week after you know I had come home again, and I don't know she kind of said some things that were I guess hard to hear and that you know I didn't want to talk about it like that and she I don't know she says I don't really remember but she she says that I said I don't want to talk about this anymore so she kind of dropped it and so we haven't really discussed it much after the first couple weeks until today. Um, she, we talked on the phone just, you know, I just got off the phone with her right before I started this, you know, she's kind of, she was kind of against me coming on, onto the show. I wasn't even planning on telling her, I was just going to do it and then they would find out, you know, after I was gone off on my mission, but I told her yesterday and she, I don't know, I think she's just afraid that I'm going to say something that I'm going to regret later on and, uh, you know that I'm not I'm not emotionally or spiritually where I want to be yet. That I I don't have all of my my you know she just thinks that going on a mission I'm just going to change a lot of my personal opinions and that I'm gonna I'm gonna regret having this conversation now and having it out there. But um but after I talked to her for for probably 40 minutes that was probably the first time I we really opened up and had a, had a positive, uh, conversation. Um, I think she left with a lot more understanding. You know, I told her, you know, the reason why I don't, I don't open up to them as much is just because they, I feel like everything I say kind of hurts them. You know, like they keep telling me that they want me to open up to them, that they want to hear what I'm thinking. But when I do, it feels like it just, you know, it ends up, hurting them or you know just ends up being a negative experience so i kind of closed up that that you know that dialogue and but 
I think as she she kind of becomes more understanding of where I'm coming from, I think she's beginning to open up a little more, I guess, like wanting to have that conversation without, um, I don't know, saying some of the, the negative things that, that she kind of started saying in the beginning. But yeah, um, so she, you know, she's, I think she's done, I don't even know if she's, if she's looked into it much other than what I've talked to her about. You know, I told her, you know, she said she can't understand where I'm coming from because I'm not opening up to her. And I, you know, I, I said, well, you know, I'm not the only one going through this, you know, that it's not, you can go online and hear other people's stories and, and get more of an understanding that way, I guess, just because, you know, when we talk, it's too personal. She is too, there's, you know, she's too emotional. And so, but I, yeah, she, she told me she's been, she's been kind of reading up on some other stories and, and stuff like that. But at the same time, she says, you know, my story, my situation is so much different than any other that she's, she's read about about just because of my desire to go on a mission, which she said she just still doesn't understand. So, but yeah, I mean, I think as time goes on, we, it, it becomes more positive. I guess we, we definitely are opening up more to each other as time goes on. And I hope a mission might even help with that. I think being away from them, I don't know, it might, it might help me open up more. I, uh, are you, sh- I mean, are you sharing any resources? So you said you talked earlier, you talked about talking to Wendy Montgomery and obviously being aware of other people within Mormonism who are kind of opening up the, the airways to kind of talk about this issue. Are you sharing any resources with mom, mom and dad and, and giving them anything to kind of look at or be aware, you know, say, hey, this is so and so story, but this is, this would give you a better feeling of how I'm, I'm thinking and handling this. Um, yeah, so immediately after I told my parents and my dad left church and me and my mom kind of were there in my, in the room, I shared, uh, Wendy Montgomery, you know, they have a, a video that they're, that they're, they're coming out with. Um, that just kind of tells their story and I shared that with her and we kind of watched that short film and then, I mean, her immediate reaction was, well, you know, that's not your story. That's not your situation. You know, that, you know, you're, you know, we're in a lot different situation as, as of that. And so, you know, but the point I was trying to make was, well, you know, a lot of that mentality and a lot of those feelings are very similar to what I'm going through. And that was kind of the point that I was trying to get across. But I think she kind of just looks at the situation. You know, it's not her situation. So why, you know, so it doesn't, it doesn't affect, doesn't affect us as a family again. Just to maybe kind of move towards wrapping up just a couple of other questions I want to ask, which one of them is going forward, right? I mean, there has to be some thoughts in your mind and again, I realize this is fluid. This may change. This may change while you're on your mission. It may change when you come back. And whatever answer you give is on a spectrum of possible th- answers that one could give to this question. But in your mind at this very moment, are you are you thinking that you can go the rest of your life living the church's doctrine as as it currently stands? Or have you not thought about that at all? Or have you said to yourself, hey, let's get through this mission and we'll make that kind of a decision afterward? Or or 
I guess, what is your thought, your thoughts and your, your mindset as far as going forward? So, yeah, um, right now I'm really just trying to focus, you know, on my mission and, you know, kind of the immediate things that I'm going to be dealing with in my life. But, and my mom's kind of said the same thing, you know, these are kind of the paths that you're going to have to decide which one to choose from. But, you know, don't want you making that decision right now. And so, you know, I'm I'm not making that decision. I could see myself living my entire life without um, just living celibate. I don't know, focusing on a career or something like that. But at the same time, you know, I just, I don't know. You know, and my mom keeps saying that she thinks, you know, there's someone out there for me, specifically a, a woman. And, you know, I don't want to disappoint her so i'm not going to to leave that out of the equation i guess and i know that that i don't know i just a lot of that just has to do with how i was raised and my perceptions growing up you know it's not so far-fetched to me but i mean nothing really is and you know none of the pathways are you know i'm not i'm not making a decision right now i'm not going to say no to anything, I guess, is my, my point. And, and I think that's important. I think it's important to note, and I know that there will be some conservatives in the church who will hate what I'm about to say, and there will also be some within perhaps the gay community or a, a gay ally who who is going to hate what I'm going to say. But like you're pointing out, right, there's lots of options on the table when you, and again, we realize this is a spectrum that that some people are as straight as can be, some people are completely gay in the sense that they have 100% attraction to those of the same gender. And there's also a lot of people who fall kind of somewhere along that spectrum. And when we look at different Latter-day Saints who some have, you know, who are gay, who have chosen to be married to a woman anyway, there are some examples of that working and that being something that brings them peace and happiness. We have other examples of Latter-day Saints who remain single their entire life by choice and we have examples of some of those who find peace and happiness doing that. And there are some who, who choose that, you know, the best option for them is to, to find a connection with somebody of the same gender. And I think recognizing that all those options are on the table, that for each individual, that's their own choice and that all those options should at least be validated as something that they have the right to choose. And, and to, and I think it is good to kind of leave that, that all open until you've, come to a spot where you're ready to make that kind of a decision. And again, I know people on both ends of the spectrum will not like me or you saying that, but I think everybody's journey is their own. And I don't think it's fair for somebody to say, well, I know so-and-so and they made this decision. Therefore you can make that decision and you'll be just as happy as they are. Yeah, I, I totally agree. You know, I, you know, there's a, that new reality show coming out, you know, my husband's not gay and, you know, there's a lot of, lot of negative reaction to that. And, and I understand why. Um, I mean, I'm not one to judge them and tell them that, you know, what you're doing is not right. I think if it works for you personally within your own relationship, I think, I think, you know, that's, you know, that's your decision to make. But at the same time, I, I do understand the, the, the kind of backlash from that of kind of promoting that lifestyle because Obviously, not every person feels that way. Not every gay person could could do that, you know. And I, so I think if the more we kind of if we kind of promote one specific way to go, 
you know, and as, as Mormon families kind of look at that and say, well, you know, that's, you know, they're making it work. Why can't my gay son do that too? And I, and I know it's, it's not possible for everybody. So I understand the backlash, but at the same time, I'm not, I'm not one to, to judge someone for their own personal path that, that they've taken. Right. And, and you mentioned this, this new show that's, perhaps going to hit the air and perhaps it's going to be canceled but uh this my husband's not gay and i'll just share with you i i've only seen like a 10 second blip of the show and i and i'm so i don't have an opinion on actually what the show contains but i will just say from the title of the show it rubs me the wrong way because it's the spouse who is making the decision for the other person and and i'll tell you too i just got an email in my folder this morning from fair mormon and they've got a video that just went on YouTube that uh, – that in fact, I'm going to pause here for just a second and find it so I can say the right title to it. So Fair Mormon just sent me an email this morning of a video, uh, and the title to their email is, Can You Overcome Same-Sex Attraction? And I didn't even open the video because I'm, I just I, – I don't want to have one of these things that I know is going to rub me the wrong way. And it looks like it's a, a picture of Ty Mansfield, who I, I respect a lot. But I, I worry sometimes that with this issue as a conservative Latter-day Saint, we're very quick to kind of find the one example of the person who makes it work and who is completely happy having found a path that allows them to be completely within the bounds of the doctrine of the church. And because they've found a way to do it, the assumption is that everyone can find a way to do it. And if we just set... If we just set the the LGBT issue aside for a moment and just look at any other issue, whether it's an addiction, uh, perhaps maybe we're talking about a cigarette addiction. Perhaps we're talking about the ability to hold on to faith when you encounter difficult information. I just think everybody deals with things differently, and I, I just am very, I guess, rubbed the wrong way when I see one person kind of put out at the forefront and we say, look, so-and-so handled this. Therefore, you can handle it the exact same way. And, and I could be completely wrong. Maybe the video doesn't talk about that at all. But kind of like with this TV show, you know, my husband's not gay. Here's the, the wife essentially making this overall statement for the for the, the husband. And I sometimes think we just have to back off and let people make their own choices in their own decisions rather than force our expectations on someone else. Right. And, you know, obviously this isn't this isn't coming from the church. This is kind of. I mean, this is coming from a, a, a television, uh, you know, producer that are just out looking for, you know, a good show. But, you know, I feel like, I mean, there's a lot of more important issues that I think could be addressed with this. You know, I mean, why not focus a show on, you know, the 40 percent of of Utah homeless youth that are that are gay? You know, why not focus on that kind of an issue? And. You know, I think that they're just kind of, you know, well, I understand they're just kind of out trying to get, you know, the ratings, but I don't know. I just think that there's a lot of, of other opportunities here, you know, with this, with this subject to, you know, get, uh, maybe a, an entertaining show, but at the same time addressing some more important issues instead of kind of broadcasting this, this specific way of life, you know, cause that's just gonna, you know, Mormon families are just going to look at that and say, you know, look at them, you know, look at how they're making it work. I mean, I, was, I haven't seen the show, so I don't know exactly how it is, but that's what it, I mean, that's what the previews are kind of making it, making it sound like. 
so the website, mormonsandgays.org, uh, two questions. One is, have you had a chance to kind of browse through that and in, in your thoughts, but also is it something that your mom or your parents have, uh, have taken the time to look at? Um, I've, you know, I've, I've browsed through it. Not, yeah. You know, I, I haven't looked at it very, uh, intently. I've, I've browsed through it. You know, I thought that the church's, the church's official stance up at the top of the page where they say, you know, this is not a choice. I think that was, that's a really, I mean, that's kind of, and that's a big deal. You know, that's not something, I don't know if the church has ever officially made that statement. I mean, I'm not sure, but, you know, I like that. But at the same time, you know, it kind of just sounds like the same reiterations that we've, we've heard, you know, we don't, we don't hate our, you know, gay brothers and sisters, but at the same time, we can't, you know, and we understand that it's not, it's not a choice, but acting on it is a choice. You know, that's just, that's the stance and that's, so I think that's kind of what, I mean, that's what they've kind of said for quite a few years now. Yeah, yeah, and it really hit me hard. I was interviewed by John DeLynn on Mormon Stories, and, and he, he asked me the question. He said, if it was, you know, if your state president came down tomorrow and said, you know, Brother Real, you have to live the rest of your life not being intimate with your wife or with, with the female gender at all. You can't get married. You can't, you know, be romantic with, with, with someone of the opposite gender. And he asked me, could you live that? And it, I think it was for the first time it kind of struck me that that's not something I could do. And I get it. Some people can. I mean, like I said, there are people who, who have chose to, to live single their entire lives. There are people who have chose to, to marry someone of the opposite gender when that's not their natural attraction. But I know that I couldn't do that as far as abstaining from the, the gender that I'm attracted to. And so it's tough for me. I would feel like a hypocrite if I asked someone else to do that. I, I, I just, I think about this subject and I, I think it's, it's a difficult path to kind of navigate with the way the church's doctrine is in a sense it asks something of a minority of members that many in the majority would be unable to live if the same requirement was on them. And, and I'm not trying to get into this thing where I'm, I'm being negative on the church, but I want to lead this into a question, which is, you know, in the very here and now in the present, how are you meshing where you're at and who you are with the with the doctrine of the church. You know, the first point I want to make is I feel like the church has come this far that to say, you know, this is not a choice that, you know, this is something that you that, you know, God has made you this way. And the hard part for me to accept is how can you take it that far and say, you know, this is, you know, God made you this way. But then say, but it's still a sin. But being, you know, going, you know, uh, acting on that is still a sin. You know, God made you a certain way, but you can't actually be that way. You know, you can't actually be what God made you. So that's kind of the hard part. And I feel like, honestly, I just don't think it's going to last. I don't, I think the church has come this far and I don't think they can stick here kind of in the middle of, well, you know, it's, it's not a choice, but it's still a sin. You know, I think that's one of those those uh policies that you know it's just, it, i don't think it, it's going to last very long honestly as i kind of study the subject more i mean my kind of way to accept you know what the church is saying is i just think the church hasn't uh you know i think the church still has a way to go i think god hasn't hasn't revealed this much to the church and i think the church's 
they're kind of going off what they have, but I don't, but I still think there's room to grow and I still think there's room for, for revelation. And so, you know, I'm, I'm not holding that against the church. You know, I, I don't, I don't want to have an, especially, you know, I'm leaving on my mission in a week. I, I don't want to have this negative attitude towards the church because honestly, I think they're just kind of going off of, you know, old, policy old revelation and i think there's room room to change there and i and i think it's it's definitely possible for them to do that yeah and i, and I like that thought that they're going off of old information and I, and I know i totally get that i think some people will hear that and that might that might kind of seem to rub them the wrong way and, and but i certainly understand what you're saying which is that you know we have a doctrine in place and it's very limited in the sense of what what we have directly knowing that God has said, you know, maybe we have a scripture or two in the Old Testament. We have a scripture or two in the New Testament that kind of speak about a man and a woman being God's ideal uh, to bring spirit children into the world and to be to essentially be together. But but it doesn't. I I don't know how I even take this maybe a step further. I I think that often we feel compelled to kind of defend this limited knowledge that we've received rather than be willing to ask questions about what can be added to that, if that makes sense. Right, yeah, and I mean, just one example, we had a we had a lady in our ward just a few weeks ago come up and say how grateful she was, you know, that how how neat it was that the that the church had come out with this with a proclamation to the family or a proclamation to the world, um, you know, and, you know, she said, you know, how was revelation, how the church had kind of come out with this statement right before this issue started to get a lot of attention and, you know, how the church was able to make its stance and make it known. You know, it's almost like, like they knew that this was an issue that was going to come up, you know, but, you know, I don't think that, that that proclamation was really much of, of a revelation as much as it was just reiteration of what they've been teaching since, you know, since the beginning. Um, so, you know, I, yeah, so, I mean, I, I think we're sometimes members are kind of quick to go off of that, that little information and, and claim it to be, you know, uh, I don't know, just set in stone when really, you know, there's, there's always room for, for change. Right. And, and it wouldn't be the first issue. Although I, I do think in some ways we've, we've backed ourselves a little bit into, corner in this issue, painted ourselves into a corner perhaps, but it certainly wouldn't be the first issue that we have said, you know, this will never happen only to have a revelation come and something changes. And, and maybe even like on a, on a less, maybe a smaller scale, you look at issues like, I know at one time the church was adamantly against cremation and adamantly against birth control. And yet we look at the church's current stance on issues like that and they've gotten to a point where they say, okay, no longer are we going to say we're absolutely against it. Rather, we're going to leave this decision up to the husband and wife. We're going to leave this decision up to the family. And and it just seems like there's room within at least policy and perhaps doctrine, because doctrine certainly has changed in the past in the church, but at least within policy to say, okay, we thought we knew this, this, and this, and come to find out we're really not 100% sure. So we're going to back off and give more room for the individual to make their own choices rather than impose what we thought we knew on them. Right. Yeah, uh, exactly. Right. That's, you know, I have the exact same thoughts on that. So talking kind of about where you're at in the present 
in meshing meshing that with the doctrine of the church. I just want to kind of end with one last question, which is to give you an opportunity to kind of share your testimony and, and maybe too to just any thoughts you might have for somebody else out there who's who's beginning to recognize that they're going down the same the same path, the same journey, and they haven't told anybody yet, they haven't talked to anyone, and perhaps how they you know, any advice from you on on where they're at and and words of wisdom kind of to them as they go forward. Yeah, so you know, it's obviously a a dilemma to to have the church being where it's at, you know, with kind of, you know, just not quite accepting of who I am. And so there's obviously that dilemma, but at the same time when I kind of start thinking about having these thoughts, you know, I, I go back to my own personal testimony, my own personal experences you that, right you know, where I've, I've had these spiritual moments that I kind of cling on to, to kind of help me get through these, these difficult, you know, this difficult time of, you know, is the church really, you know, is this really how, you know, when people think, you know, how could you be, be accepting how could you believe in a in a faith and a gospel that doesn't accept you as a person? You know, I just I don't think I don't think that that's quite true. I think that I mean at this point, sure, you know, I can't I can't be myself. I can't I can't express my my feelings, you know, as you know who I am as a person. But but at the same time, you know, like I said before, I don't. I don't put that against the church so much just because I think, I think there's room for change and I see that, I see that change. I mean, at one point, I mean, wasn't simply being gay was, was a sin. You know, the church didn't accept that as, as, you know, as something you could, you know, that, that was, you know, they just saw it as, you know, that's what you were choosing to do. And I, so as I see that evolu- evolution in the church, I see, you know, room for, for growth. And I, I kind of cling on to that, that hope. And, you know, when, you know, I wanted to get this message out. I mean, I wanted to do it for two reasons. I, I wanted to do it for myself because I wanted to get my message out there, you know, especially for, for close family and, and my parents. But at the same time, you know, I feel like this can, this can help another person. And, you know, so talking to someone who might be dealing with this issue, I would just say, you know, don't don't look at this as as the end of the road, as something that you know. Now that I'm gay, I have to turn away the church and everything that I've been taught as a as a conservative Mormon kid. You know, because you don't. I think you know there is room for 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 you. You know, there's room for everybody. You know, at the same time, I'm I'm not gonna put you down if if leaving the church is is you know, a decision that you feel like you have to make because, you know, I completely understand. But, but just, you know, I wouldn't, don't go completely, you know, don't make your, your decision like, you know, I have to go one way or another because just as much as, as we kind of, just as much as we say not to put other people in boxes, don't put yourself in a box. Don't, don't look at this as, as some kind of debilitating thing that now, you know, now, now you have to completely deny everything that you've, that you've been taught. 
you know, that you've, or any spiritual experience that you may have felt in your life, don't turn that away because you accept, you know, this truth about you. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I think kind of, I would say just turn to your own personal, uh, prayers and, and kind of, you know, don't either side, don't let either side of the, of the spectrum kind of try to, try to put you in a box because, you know, you are, you know, you're your own person and nobody knows you better than, than yourself. And, you know, kind of just go off of, of what you, of what you feel spiritually and, you know, what you feel inclined to do. If, if leading the church and, and accepting, accepting this lifestyle is, is what you feel is going to bring you happiness in life, then I would say go for it, you know, but at the same time, if it's not, I mean, you know, again, I just, I'm kind of in a place right now where I, I'm not, I don't accept or deny any certain path. I don't feel like there's any correct path that you have to take. You know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of options, you know, for, for someone going through this. So I would just say again, don't, don't kind of immediately, you know, don't have this immediate reaction where you have to, make this big decision you know you have a whole life ahead of you don't you know don't put yourself in this in this box just as a as a teenager um yeah just kind of go off of you know your own personal testimony and, and your own personal experiences you know everyone's situation is different so yeah mark where are you going um are you going stateside or are you going outside of the united states I'm leaving the United States. Gotcha. You know, obviously the goal of a mission is to bring others unto Christ. And I, I just want to share just having the chance to sit and to, to listen to your story. Uh, you've done that with at least one person tonight. And I'm sure those who hear this, this is going to be an opportunity for them to, uh, I think, be spiritually edified and uplifted. And I just appreciate you taking the time out of your your day to, to share your story. And I think it'll be a blessing to uh, to a lot of people. So I just wanted to say thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. No, no problem. Um, I appreciate you being on today. And uh, again, uh, we've spoken today with Mark uh, about being both gay and being an active Mormon who's who's taking the, the leap of faith that, that a lot of young men do and a lot of young women do in serving the Lord and going on a mission. And I wish you the best of luck uh, on your mission. And... Uh, I'm I'm excited to keep in touch with you and uh, to see how things go. Yeah, thank you. Uh, you know, I want to apologize. You know, I hope I, I haven't. I mean, this is this is really the first time that I've opened up like this. You know, I haven't really gotten my my words together. You know, like this is kind of this is a first for me, definitely. So, you know, I just want to apologize if I feel like I've, I've kind of rambled on or anything like that. No, I I no, I think this is. Um, I've had a chance to sit down with you know Terrell Givens. Richard Bushman, Stephen Harper, and others, and uh, I would put my conversation with you at the top of the list. Well, that's really nice of you to say, Bill. Awesome. Well, again, I appreciate you being on and uh, appreciate you taking the time to share your story. You know, if there's anybody out there who's listening to this and wants to maybe talk to me, maybe they could contact you and then I could give you my missionary email. Uh, you know, maybe just, uh, I don't know, I because I, I want I want to be able to to speak to anyone going through this and help anyone else. So, I mean, maybe if there's a way if they could get maybe contact you and then through you get 
you know, get my information, you know, I might, I might be able to do that, you know, on my mission, you know, because I'll have my missionary email. Right. Yeah. And especially when you think about, you know, the church is entering an age where they are more and more allowing the missionaries to, to use social media and to use other forms of ways to contact and stay in touch with people online. That might be a good way to do it. I'll, uh, I'll extend that invitation. So as you point out, if any listeners are listening and, and this strikes home and you want to, you want to have a conversation with Mark, uh, please contact me and, and I'll, you know, I'll see if I can't uh, forward that stuff on to you and give you a chance to, to talk to them. Awesome. Thank you for doing that. No problem. Thanks again for being on, sir. And uh, as I always say, it usually at the end of my episodes that I do on my own, I rarely say this in the interviews with others, but uh, your story has just been a huge blessing to me tonight. And uh, I, I pray, one, that your mission is a huge success. But number two, I, I pray the Lord warms your shoulders. Thank you so much. the dead to life. He's the one who fed the hungry and who gave the blind their sight. He's the one who walked on water, then he brought them safe to shore. 